0: Happened a few times that the front door is open, and so I grabbed this this long stabby thing that I have next to the bed just in
1: case someone breaks in. A long stabby. Yeah, because your bloke's gotta protect his family, right? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Security So What Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ferguson, and with me the ever wonderful Daniel Smith. Hello. Um it's actually episode 29 Mm -hmm. on the 7th of December 2015. Uh, only less than three weeks until Christmas. Uh, all very exciting. Uh, and the year is drawing to a close. So a um, bit of a time for reflection, look uh, back at what's uh, been going on, um, and we'll try and get to some of the old, uh, some of the data breaches that has, have occurred over 2015. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all pretty lovely in Sydney. weather's been nice.
0: Right. Still weirds me out that we have Christmas in the heat. Yeah. Even after five years. After five years, it's still... Do you long for the? Um, oh, I'm going back for the for the cold. I'm, I'm sure I'll be over it. I can't. I, I can't deal with
1: the cold anymore. I'm totally acclimatized. I'm really soft. I've uh, got not ashamed to admit it. I do not like the cold. And we, my um, brother-in-law was talking to me yesterday. He was going, oh, "Yeah, just England does uh, Christmases better, doesn't it?" And I was like, "No." And it's like, well, it, it just feels Christmassy. And it's like, well what what is Christmassy? And that's
0: context. So it, just because cold. you've been,
1: you've been well, Yeah, like <laughs> that's it. All you're saying is that cold is stuck inside.
0: But you still have that thing where you have you could buy the tins of fake snow and like spray your windows. I so do think Australia
1: Australia needs to really just own that it's hot and be happy with that. And just give away with this like cold, wintry nonsense Christmas cause. I it's did way like the better. fact that
0: they did um, you know they have the, like the ugly sweater Christmas sweater thing, yeah, yeah. and they they did a I can't remember who it was. It was a Queensland company did a uh, a rash vest, yeah, that was designed to look like an an ugly Christmas sweater. And I was like, oh my god, I want that. That
1: is that would actually make me go surfing.
0: Yeah, like, it would just make me wear it and just go f- splash around in the water. <laughs> just like stand around with a surfboard. Yeah, I wouldn't actually it. go in the water. I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Sharks and crap in there.
1: I swim like an Englishman. <laughs> Dreadfully.
0: <laughs> With
1: your head held high above the water. Hell of a breaststroke. Hell of a <laughs> you try and get me going anyway fast. No chance. I'll get down in my own good time. Good sir. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so uh, we've got a couple of good articles to go through. Um, hopefully we can pick them apart and uh, see whether or not we think they're worthwhile. And you know, If they're not, we'll let you know. Um, but before we do, uh, we have to let you know that the... Thoughts and opinions are ours and not necessarily those of our employees. Cool. So the first article today is from itnews.com.au. And the big bit of news we've been speaking about all year on the podcast is uh, mandatory data breach notification act. This is a great um, step forward for Australia. Most other nations have a um, breach notification act that would allow the consumer to know when their credentials could be being used by some malicious entity. We were going to put it in place, but we missed um, the deadline um, and we're hoping that um, it will go in, you know, have to now become law in 2016, so pretty disappointing.
0: Yep, not much more you
1: can say about that. There is not a lot you
0: can say. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. It was not prioritized as one of the 19 government bills cleared by Tuesday's cabinet meeting. It's all
1: about innovation. Innovation. And the good old Turnbull, he's a a techie, so it's all about innovation. We're going to spend a billion dollars on innovation. But that's great, but we just need to do some other stuff. You're actually
0: looking a bit like Michael Turnbull at the minute they have both been in the sun over the weekend and have nice, bright, shiny red noses. Yeah, that's uh, true. I'm true. guessing that's also for Christmas, to so you look a bit Rudolph-hands. rudolph
1: nose at the moment, yeah. yeah. Sitting at the opera bar, having too many drinks. Um, <laughs> yeah, orange juices. Orange, orange juices. You just forget about the sun the after problem? a few orange juices. Too much vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, not a lot we can say, but pretty disappointing. And um, if anyone that is listening from the government, please, please um, get it sorted. Have a word. Have a word. We've been waiting far too long for this. Um, next article is from ABC.net.au. Uh, China blamed for massive cyber attack on the Bureau of Meteorology computer. So, um, as you're probably aware, um, I'm sure you are if you're in security, um, the Bureau of Meteorology um, had a um, was compromised uh, recently um, by one of its sensitive systems, uh, had been compromised, and uh, China is sort of being um, blamed for it. Um, they reckon that the actual cost of uh, this... Well, they, they, it's so difficult, because they call it a security breach, start data breach. Um so So there, there's a breach of the, the hub, the system, if you were talking as a, a ship. The Titanic's hub has been breached, but there is nothing coming out yet. So <laughs> that's what we've been told.
0: Or oh, that we haven't <laughs> figured out if anything has come out yet.
1: Yeah, well, they, there hasn't it's, been... We haven't been made. The same color as
0: the water.
1: So I mean, it's kind of interesting because Bureau of Meteorology, obviously, you know, really dealing good. in you know, the weather and yeah you know, the, the providing strategic information for our armed forces and all a well, you know, bunch like. of other
0: agencies. Yeah, it's quite cool. They actually own one of the largest supercomputers in Australia, mm-hmm. which is used for providing critical data to a host of different government agencies. Which means it's linked to some pretty secrety stuff um
1: so it's it's kind of interesting like and they're saying that these attacks have come you yeah, know from china they they say there's no doubt that it came from China uh what they don't you know what they have tried to um you know make clear is just because it's China doesn't mean it's the Chinese government we're not you know at war with China and they're not trying to like breach our system just for the, it, they, but there they could be malicious entities working inside of you know those countries that have caused you know could have caused this so that's something to um, you know, to be aware of as well um, I guess more and more information is going to come out as you know as they learn more about that as the Australian cybersecurity centre um, and ASD does yeah, more uh, analysis and forensics on you know what what's happened there um but yeah it's kind of interesting because you know again it's a you know a high value on the intellectual property and scientific research that goes into that by australia you know millions of dollars have been put into um that you know, into its efforts and then you know you have this malicious cyber adversary you know, that that is after that intelligence um it is it's pretty pretty disappointing um and hopefully we can learn from it I, you know that that is uh, obviously what we're after but um Yeah, it's. um, I mean, we don't really know too much at the moment about it. At the moment, we know uh,
0: there has been a security breach, but we don't know if anything's got out. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. All we
1: know that the the implications of it, you know, could be yeah, could be big. Could could be big for for us. Certainly, uh, lots of money. They now know the weather, exactly in Melbourne. But I would argue that it's the analytics tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, the analytic systems. Or, yeah. You know, best case, that's that. what I'm saying. Best, yeah, case. best case, they just. They just happen to know what they've got. They've got exactly what you'd find on bomb.gov.au. Is that like BOM? Because that's where my government goes for the weather. BOM.gov.au? Is it? B-O-M. Yeah, there you go. So that's what they've got, and that's what we're going to go with.
0: Um, yeah, they know what the temperature is in Melbourne tomorrow.
1: And it could well be that they're just, you know, it could be that they breached it so that they can. You know, have a, you know, a backdoor into that system. Um, they could, you know, uh, potentially a do a denial of service on uh, one of the systems inside there. Um, yeah, <laughs> they could control no the weather. No weather for
0: you. <laughs> Take down the weather. Yeah, you think it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs>
1: now you don't know. Um, so, no, it's, it's it's certainly an interesting <clears throat> one. But um, at the moment, it's there's just more information coming out. Um, however... Uh the if it was a data breach, the Bureau of Meteorology aren't going aren't alone in that. Um itnews.com.au has an article um outlining the biggest Australian data breaches of twenty fifteen. As I said, it is the end of the year, we should reflect on what has happened in security. I in do like
0: the little tag under tagline who got popped? Yeah, I had misread that actually. I'm glad that it was
1: popped. Yeah. <laughs> um so the first one on here was uh, is kmart october f- uh first uh kmart uh, discovered that customer data had been stolen um obviously it was taken from the website the um um IBM's, uh, webSphere um e commerce software had been attacked um by that so they don't think it was actually credit card information but um yeah, you know, certainly users' information just yep. you know equally you know bad and you know it just highlighted certainly when because then obviously the next one was David Jones which had a uh, Adalbridge from the same system the the WebSphere uh, software it it certainly demonstrated that the our reliance on third-party uh, applications and yeah you know, can have huge impacts on. Our businesses on our customers, and you know, the the information that they are housing, um, and do they adhere to the same yeah you know, strict policies and controls? Uh, when they were purchased, were they did, or have they gone under annual review as their okay, software, mm-hmm. their due diligence? Yeah, you know, it just doesn't. Yeah, you know, maybe that wouldn't happen. You've gone perfect. When we acquire, when we purchased this on a five year licensing, um, it met all of our yeah you know, requirements. Now we're going well. Data breaches are a huge issue. Has anyone gone back in and gone, hey, what type of um, controls are being put in place there? And we saw in the um, PwC's uh, Global State of Information uh, Security Survey, such a, they need to find it by the way of that
0: because it's just a, uh,
1: too long. Or a nice little acronym that you can go, PwC's... Blah, blah, blah.
0: Well, PwC's already an acronym. It would be kind of a PwC's FTP. Coopers Global
1: State of Information Security Survey 2016. Saying that every time is just... Uh, anyway, that's my one bugbear um, for that report, because otherwise it, it's usually pretty good. Um, but they did state that the uh, two largest um, uh, or biggest costs to an organization from a data breach perspective uh, were caused by insiders and uh, third parties, and whether that's you know consultants, but third-party applications you know, are a huge part of that. And almost every organization has very complex environments uh, that involve you know almost every single one will involve vendors of you know some sort and are they going under the same controls and meeting your uh, organization's security strategy so that was a really interesting one um from that perspective the next was Aussie Farmers Direct so again actually it was a website so a few weeks later the grocery delivery business um uh, afd found out that they had fallen victim to an attack on which the personal data of more than 5,000 customers were posted to online. Um, um, the company uh, was contacted um, in the days leading up to the attack and uh, an extortion attempt. So what's kind of interesting about that one is, you know, the ransom model that most of the malware has been taking? Now we're starting to see, you know, the, the cyber go, oh, that's kind of lucrative. Uh, rather than just like selling the data, you know maybe I can just get information back out of the, the company itself and say, oh, if you give me, yeah, $50,000, I will give you back this information. We've actually started to see CryptoLocker doing, you know, it's not actually CryptoLocker, but ransomware malware doing the same thing where it will post it to a website. Yeah, the Chimera, Chimera CryptoLocker. Is.
0: CryptoWare, it's, a, it's rather the Locker, but it's yeah. the Chimera CryptoWare. And but it, it will tell you, yeah. someone. I just, I remember, I've got something on the back of my head, there's someone, some... Government agency, I don't know if it was not in Australia, just uh, refused to pay. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. i trying remember who it was.
1: But, um know, it's uh, another one where they use that that. Um, again, no credit cards or banking details were leaked, supposedly. But, again, names, phone numbers, email addresses, physical addresses, um, all the non, you know, mainly non-perishable information. Um, I'd say numbers, phone numbers and email addresses, maybe. Uh, but certainly addresses. Um, you, know, you don't change your address all that frequently. Um, you don't want to be changing a number, but again, you can if it became privy to some cyber adversary. Uh, the next next breach was the Aussie Travel Cover. So it's actually one of the first breaches of 2015. This was um, a really interesting one. Discovered um, that a teenage hacker had stolen two of its databases containing over uh, 800 and um, Seventy thousand records and posted them online. The firm became aware of the breach just before Christmas, but the hacker waited until mid-January to post the data dump online. The databases contained sensitive customer information such as names, home addresses, and other information, along with uh, credit card details. Um, and I believe this was this was the one where the it um, was the Aussie travel cover didn't actually tell the. Um. I believe this is correct. They didn't actually make this public, uh, but it was discovered by ABC, who made a, a big article about it, saying, "Oh, this you know this organization had had the data breach, knew about it, and didn't tell anyone." Yeah. And it was a big drive for the Aussie uh, the data breach <coughs> notification act because it was basically saying, "Well, you know, how, yeah, you know, can you trust this company if they're not if they're, yeah. if they're keeping this information to themselves?" And Data Breach Notification Act makes them, you know, just provides, them. Yeah, you know, um, forces them to do that. I think it's a lot nicer. Yeah.
0: Because obviously it's your data, it's information about you that's been compromised, and is now up for sale on the internet. Yeah, too right. It was a Greek bank, by the way. Yeah. They just been hacked, and they were being held to ransom for fifty bitcoin, which mm-hmm. about seventeen thousand euros, and they refused to pay. And now there's a lot of info on the uh, internet. A Greek about. bank
1: may not be able to afford it anymore.
0: <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go to Germany and ask if they could pay for them. <laughs> could we have some Bitcoin? Could we have some more bitcoins, please?
1: Um, anyway, um, in mid-November, um, there was also the Queensland TAFE um, data breach, which was uh, from a uh, website. It was the um, um, managed to get access to websites operated by the state's TAFE and Department of Education and access the data. Um, it was basically data that was lodged by. Uh, people are through, you know, providing questions and inquiries on the website, feedback forms. So, um, yeah,
0: yeah it's it, quite 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 critical. Well, not personal, very personal information. Very about personal stuff information. About, I mean, the stuff there, they're playing reports. Reports included complaints about child sexual assault and bullying. So these are things that you, know, you definitely don't want to be yeah, out in the very world. personal really. information.
1: I think, and I mean, no fairness to to they were very open about this, and they went to, yeah, you know, they made uh, it all public and told anyone that uh, had made those inquiries, as well as um, um, the um, yeah you know, the, the necessary uh, so-called um, authorities. They told the AFP, um, which is really good. So all that kind of stuff is is perfect. However, again, the breach was only discovered after someone sent an anonymous threat via email. So it's not like they discovered the threat. It's
0: we've hacked you and we're telling you that we've hacked you. Now it's too late.
1: We need to have more controls around. There's so much stuff at the moment around preventing malware infections. We're talking about the data breach piece, but we have to think about what we're doing to prevent data extraction.
0: Yep. And it, it, it's just not it's there. Same thing we've been saying a while. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. when.
1: And you don't want to be told by... The some, hacker. Some basically after the fact. He's emailing you going, I've got this... And a lot of them seem
0: to be kids. 12 <laughs> years. Uh, you know, yeah. A couple of these breaches have been... I was that smart when I was 12. Yeah. No. Maybe right. not that specific smart, but...
1: Uh, the big one from this year, so um Australia found itself caught up in the breach of the uh Ashley Madison uh, website after hackers exposed the profiles of as many as seventy million customers and the um from the matchmaking site <laughs> the
0: uh, matchmaking site I suppose it does it's pretty much yeah, it's just what they're matching
1: Find the right adulterer for you <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> so in August, hackers released the second um uh, twenty gigabit trove of data sold for Ashley Madison's parent company, which included uh information such as emails, links to the company's founders, Noel Biderman, source code from the website, internal data. Um we spoke in depth about this. there's a whole podcast about um Ashley Madison. Um it's it,
0: yeah. Well um, yeah and this is the thing is that first dump was the one that was a real a difficult one because that was the one that dealt with people's height, weight and GPS coordinates as well as yeah. their names, what they were into from a
1: really you know sexual perspective but they yeah they really are exposed in every regard I mean it is not of just
0: I mean there's there's an idea of that, that there's obviously a, a probably a financial profile of you somewhere but that's kind of half expected
1: and the the types of you know knock on effects of this with the emails that you know related to yeah. Oh, if you'd like. Uh, actually, one of our, um, you know, what's it? A colleague's friend got an email um, linking to something like this where they. Oh, there was oh definitely some we've got your details yeah, on Ashley Madison.
0: Would you? I mean, yeah, and this is the thing: they, the it wasn't even the hackers that were doing this to get money. They put the data out, and then other scrubbers were trawling through it, correlating data to other creating campaigns and creating campaigns to target. People saying, we've done the, we've, we know who you are, who your wife is, about your kids, tell us, give us this much money, otherwise, blah, blah, blah.
1: well let your family know.
0: And this is the thing, because that, there's nothing, and if you did pay, there's nothing to say that someone, some other isn't going to do exactly the same thing the next day. It's
1: really interesting, and I, I was speaking with um, the CEO of WebSense recently, and he was like, it's just... Name dropper. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs>
0: Emphasis on, kinda, <laughs> kinda, not at all. Um,
1: and yeah, you know, I was talking
0: at the CEO.
1: So what uh, JMac was saying <laughs> was um, that, um, the the huge shift that's taken recently, and you know, in the last few years around you know, cyber security and the types of attacks. You know, it's no longer about like it, taking information for kicks or even making. Um, yeah, money. Like, there's definitely money. You know, is is a huge driver for a lot of it. But it's so personal, and the effects that it have on people are so personal. It's a tax on our way of life. Like, if these people want to do this stuff, like, who are
0: they? yeah, you, who are you to call them out? Who are you, the mor- you the moral police? That's what they. That was the worst thing I thought about these yeah. people was that they tried to pan it off as being the moral police of the internet, and yeah. they were doing them a favour. They're an infidelity but- website.
1: So what? So what? If I mean it's
0: not I your mean, it's a you know necessarily a good thing for them to be doing but you basically cause people to commit suicide by your actions That's yeah it was a it was really disgusting so uh, shallow and short sighted thing to do
1: and again you know, this there's so many reasons why the data breach notification acts and the other controls need to be put in place because we're not doing it we're slipping we're letting things slip in australia and there's so much that we need to be doing down that
0: list of security-aware countries.
1: So, just a few from overseas, uh, Office of Personnel Management, which is absolutely terrifying. You want to talk about, like, yeah, your way of life. You know, if you were to hack the HR department of the US government and take out you know, the... Uh, yeah Anyone who's been security cleared by the US government and they you, you extract their da- details, you think of any information that you can get from those guys. That was just massive. And it, there's so much that's going to
0: be Knock on uh, from that. Yeah, genuinely. World's largest employers and so biggest employers in the world, United Mm. States Department of Defense. Yeah, and And they uh, are going to be listening. It's literally if you're going to pick one thing to target to get the biggest outcome and get in there, then you they did it.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty scary one. I mean, it does state uh, the U.S. OPM attack is one of the worst security breaches to have occurred to date. And you know, given the scale and the type of information stolen, this is not like oh, I've got lots people's credit card numbers and I'm going to like try and use them to buy stuff online or ensure that this is the stuff that they can get from this information is pretty scary. So that was a huge one. Um, Anthem, huge increase in um, the effect on healthcare mm. this year. Um, Anthem was just one of many uh, health insurers in you know healthcare. Organisations that experienced breaches this year, where up to uh, thirty-seven and a half million records um, were actually extracted. So that's a, um, you know initially, and then they they upped that number to was it seventy-eight point eight million. Many of whom weren't even customers, just in, you know people they would had information on. Um, so really, uh, kind of a crazy, crazy number. Yeah, with uh, social security numbers and ideas, it's like the tax file numbers. Things that like are totally non-perishable. you, know, you have them almost for life. Um, really, you know, crazy stuff that was extracted. And that's what happens with healthcare is they have that information that is so non-perishable. Um, and you know, it's going to have knock-on effects. Even if they don't use it now, they could save it for ten years and then it be relevant. It's still relevant. It's, that's why it's really scary. Uh, the hacking team. So if you wanted to develop cool hacking software, you hack a hacking company. And that's what the hacking team do. They develop you know, cyber intrusion uh, technologies, a um, little, little uh, Italian company. I'd say a little, they pretty huge. Uh you were, emphasis on that. Uh, were, and then extracted... Um, uh, 400
0: gigabytes of the firm's data, including so, uh, source code. It's pretty impressive considering the Ashley Madison breach did that much damage in 30 gigabytes. Yeah. Is it gigabytes or terabytes they did? I not remember now. Um, 20 gigabytes. So the initial was 13. How much did they get? Was it I 400 think?
1: gig in the uh, hacking team. So a massive amount of information. Um, I mean, just from development and source code and all that stuff. Because they're going to have source code that they haven't even published yet, and they oh, just yeah. you take that.
0: They've got nothing left. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I thought it was just their movie collection.
1: Uh, and then finally, from the UK, there was Talk TalkTalk um, that um, disclosed it um, had 4 million users had their customer data stolen uh, following attack on the company's systems. Um, so, yeah, kind of, um, and that was it. all sorts of information that you'd expect, credit cards. Uh, bank account numbers, date of birth, names, addresses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So I think what you take away from that is,
0: you know, there's also LastPass. Quickly, very true. LastPass. Um, That's a good one. I think it's one of these things that it, whilst it, you knew what people were signed up to, I think it, they'd actually put a fair bit of um, what they call salt into each of the into yeah. encryption, so that they didn't have the actual passwords were compromised, but. The, the logs and the you know the the ability to see what other people are using so yeah. they can target was definitely a bit of a concern there.
1: Yeah, and like when you hack, yeah. security tools, yeah, you know, it it does make you feel uneasy because yeah. you, you implement these things for security and then you are like, oh but you lost your information. I mean, it's um, well you lost my information. You lost my information. That's that's kind of scary. Yep. Um, even though it's totally separate, but the, the actual software that's been developed. So, you know, whoever developed the, the software has gone, oh, I've got a great piece of kit. Um, and then he's housing it, maybe, yeah. You know, there, there's other systems in place mm. that have been compromised. But it just sounds you know, pretty, pretty crazy. And I think that that's the biggest takeaway. The 2015, you know, if I was to call it a year of, you know, we had, you know, uh, the, um, you know years, the year of Sandbox, 2014, yeah, malware. Yeah, and that's the initial zero malware, days. The zero day malware, the, the yeah. sandboxing. 2015, 100% was the data breach. Data breach. It, data breach, data breach.
0: Sorry, I wasn't even trying to correct you on that. Yeah. I was just brain was just repeating.
1: <laughs> um, and that, that seems to be the, one of the biggest issues. And we need to be thinking what we're doing with this because you know, the, da- the data. Is I don't even know what's the right one anymore. Data, yeah, data, um, is the life, yeah, you know, life force of any organisation. It's the what drives the economy. Yeah, you know, it is uh, within our, you know, national interest to, and you know personal interest to protect this information. Um, and at the moment, we're doing a piss poor job of it.
0: No, it, it yeah, until the government. Like until Turnbull's records are on online, I can't see them prioritising it. Yeah. Huh. So someone, if someone would go and hack Turnbull's Facebook account or something, we are not advocating it. Not, not at all. At all. If someone were to do that, I guarantee it would be bloody higher up people. List yeah. of things to get done.
1: Um, it's um, yeah, it, um, it's crazy. Um, but anyway. Um the next article comes from databreachtoday.com. <laughs> <laughs> Another one Um although this one is actually about like uh, um, FBI alerts hospitals to malware incidents so um a breach affected nearly um 85,000 patients uh, at a Kentucky provider so a, it's actually a security incident involved keystroke logging malware that uh, started at the Kentucky Hospital three years ago, only recently discovered after a tip from the FBI. So the FBI has found this information and gone, hey guys, um, probably want to um, you know, uh, double check where this uh, you know, what malware protection you've got in place um, uh, because there's obviously been a, a, a breach and there's been some suspicious network activity involving third parties. Um, so yeah, it's um, essentially stating that um, it's the Osboro Health, uh, a non-for-profit system, um, earlier this year, uh, it, it's since launched an investigation um, to uh, look into the, uh, the breach itself. The Department of Human, uh, sorry, the Department of Health and Human Services will shame website. This is major health data uh, breaches describe the breach as an IT hacking incident are affecting almost 85,000 patients. But um, in a statement, it um, says that they'd also um, received notification from the FBI. They've taken immediate action, uh, initiating an internal investigation. Um, I don't think there's been like a breach of information as such. It's been infections um, uh, designed to, you know, of malware designed to capture and transmit data. Uh, as it was entered into the infected computers, so obviously, yeah, you know, if it was on, um, inf- you know, a system that was there to input customer information, that we could do that, or if it was to uh, start up, yeah, you know, MRI machines or whatever you wanted it to, um, you could um, you know, get the passwords. to the interesting thing codes is for that type of looking system. at the
0: it's the U.S. What do they call it? It's the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. That, just talking about that wall of shame. Since the nearly eighty-five thousand, there's also one, two, three, four, five, six newer data breaches for other health partners, wow. providers. Uh, since then. So they're not on the same scale. They're not eighty-five thousand. one is the biggest one is about four, but it just shows how fast that's happened. I mean, the, technically, the Kentucky one was the thirteenth of November. Since then, there was two more on the same date, another one the day after, uh, one on the nineteenth, one on the twenty-third, and one reported on the first of December. <laughs> two thousand
1: nine hundred twenty-nine. As I say, you know, the health services and you know, healthcare has definitely been a huge target this year. Um, for um, this particular incident, the it says the infected uh, affected computers were used to enter patient financial data and health information. So that's... Yeah, you know, your, your health insurance information, which is yeah, you know, just a, a beautiful piece of information to have from any malicious entity. Um, Crews responsible for the patient's bill, employee and contractor in um, data, date of birth, social security numbers, usernames and passwords as well for any of the employees? So, this just just no,
0: lot of data, but just to, just to give a scale of this, because we're talking about how highly hacked the healthcare industry is. This is, this is a page of 100 hacks. And if I go to the bottom of it, it only goes back to June. There's 1,405. 1, 1, in the
1: whole of the US.
0: And that's just, what's the last date? And that's breaches in,
1: uh, affecting 500 or more individuals. And
0: that goes back to October 2009. Yeah. So since October yeah. 2009, there's been 1,405 breaches, purely to do with health health. And obviously yeah. probably in hundreds we're in we're in the hundreds when we start talking about 2015 easy yeah I mean anthems
1: the biggest on there with um, uh, 78 million then there's um, premier blue cross at 11 million um, 10 million for Excellus health uh, health plan um, 4.9 and that's just Huge amounts of information, and this is non perishable. They're not getting a new social security number too quickly and too easily. It's, um, yeah, you know, this is really affecting people.
0: Yep, we're talking over 200 mm-hmm. in 2005 and 2000, so far in 2015. Mm. So There's obviously time for a couple more, yeah, looking at this the rate at which they're occurring every few days, yeah, exactly. So, um yeah,
1: if you think about it in that, that sense...
0: It really shows how targeted this is. I mean, it's quite... I'm going to... I just think it's a great idea. I'm oh, yeah. Uh, what a shame you're you're it's quite an interesting...
1: I mean, it's are they punished? Because if you're on that, uh, wall, you know... Wall of shame. Wall of shame. And what a wonderful thing for...
0: Oh, and this only it's 500 or more. Yeah. So it's, So that's 1,405. Mm. There are 500 more records. Individuals affected.
1: So very, very interesting there. Um, I think the US, um, yeah, the Australia could learn a lot from the US in that regard, because it's it's a kind of a cool way of doing it. Just putting on a wall of shame and then providing some financial or monetary penalty for being on the wall of shame based on the number of breaches um, could be pretty uh, pretty useful. Um, and look, you know, anytime you see something that's in the US, often we're going to see that happen. In and this is
0: actually part of the Australia. Notification Act. This is part of the, the, as required by section 13402E4 of the High Tech Act. Mm. So I'm guessing you can Google that Act and find out that it's probably something to do with uh, data breaches. I
1: will indeed. Um, so the Health Information Technology uh, for Economy and Clinical Health Act, enacted as part of the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, was signed into law uh, to promote the adoption and meaningful use of health information technology. So, and that's been since two thousand and nine. Yes. So they're way ahead of the game. Way ahead of us. Um. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting one. Obviously. Um. Anyway, the next article. Is uh, from ITWire dot com. Compromised user credentials demand a rethink of cybersecurity. So essentially, um, according to leading enterprise uh, identity security firm Centrify, so obviously it's got a bit of a, a bit of a bias, eh? Um, but either way, that's this. <laughs> I love it when they start with that because, uh, according to me, who's really good at identity security, you need to be careful with your identity, especially if you. Don't buy us. Yeah. Um, The um, country manager for Australia and New Zealand, Lachlan McKenzie, said that 2015 breaches um, globally included high-profile criminal and state-sponsored attacks. Breaches involved millions of personal records, government uh, employees, tens of millions of records of insurance customers, we understand. Experts such as Verizon and Mandiant have stated that it all comes down to the humble username and password. Australian and New Zealand companies have to recognize that compromised user credentials are the new normal. Australia and New Zealand are not protected from these sorts of assaults by our remote location in the world. In fact, uh, we are more at risk than ever uh, before uh, because of our increased online economies. Couldn't agree more.
0: Um, I don't know if I agree with that the only way to fix this is... uh
1: the humble username and password is not necessarily the only way. But I do think that like the vast majority of these breaches seem to use um, the username and passwords uh like legitimate on you know, guest. Yeah, it could be guest, you know, password, guest, password, password. Um
0: admin, admin. Uh,
1: yeah. But um, you know, I still think that the amount of information that has already been extracted, the amount of password files, um, the, these this malware can use if it's targeted correctly uh, will you know and has used I mean the Sony breach, the um, target breach all used on you know, the um, administrator credentials as part of the hack to extract information so either that was like part of the attack was the insider and we'll talk about that in a second um, or you you can't rely on username and passwords as just that. You have to have like a, a multi-factor certainly you know two-factor authentication almost for all systems now um, and I like the the interesting one is that we're now uh, moving towards a like federated uh, identity um, which is going to require a um, uh, username you yeah, know your all of your logins are connected to either Gmail or Facebook, or whatever you want, Mm -hmm. and as long as you've got that information, you can almost access uh, any web application, really. Uh, If you've got, you know, somebody's Google username and password, there are so many web applications and what they do and who they are, Uh, banking information. So, I totally agree with that, um, that we need to be more uh, careful with identity security, Um, but multi-factor, you know, is going to be the key. And I think... What would be cool is to um, if you had, you know, you get the um, uh, RSA tokens, where you get a code, you put in your uh, pin, it salts them together or push the critter hash together, and then you get an outcome. And you could have that on your phone. It's like a ticker uh, with a particular algorithm specific to you. You put in the code that you know, it gives you a second code, and you use that password for logging into everything. Mm. But is that just so complicated that Nobody does yeah, it.
0: Yeah, just no one does it. Yeah. Unless it's something specifically like banking. Yeah, if it's something that's that they consider to be that needs that additional bit of security, it's, a diff- it's the It's thing about your email. You know, you you don't think about your email. You don't you don't want to have to do that every time you log into your email address just to check no. your bloody Gmail. No one's going to do it. I mean, you can. I mean, Gmail does have two factor auth. I know I use it. Where, but that's only if you log in somewhere new. And then it's cached. Yeah. So it could prevent someone getting you know logging in externally. But again, maybe key, maybe there's some other way of doing it. But I just don't know. It's, okay. I think there's, there's I think there's it's definitely something that someone should be looking into. Whether it's the writer of this organisation's company that is the answer to all our woes, or whether it's just us being more aware of stuff going out. Mm. You know, regulatory and compliance. I mean, ID stuff is shouldn't be that. Diff- is you know, is 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 baseline for any sort of data theft uh, software. Yeah, that's not. That's not. That's you know, every single service offers PCI and those sort of things mm. as as a as a you know, just as a giveaway tick box. So if people aren't ticking them, ticking the box, tick the box, people tick the damn box, people, and. Yeah, so that's prevent, purely, that's not purely, just that's it. minimal. Yeah, and that's the other thing as well, is this set and forget attitude to data uh, security as well. What's the other one?
1: Um, Sadly off topic from identity security, but where you, um, they'll have PCI compliance or PII um, monitoring, and they'll go, oh, we only want it in monitoring because we don't want to, uh, when we turned it on to block, it would block it any time somebody used um, personal information. You're like, well, right. did you set the threshold to, like, every time you see one of them? Because if you did that, then, yeah, of course. It's, if you set it to two or three, as you would expect in, like, an extraction of data as opposed to somebody just using the internet, then maybe that would be a better way of doing it. You know, owning the controls and understanding how you people operate... And implementing those controls rather than just going, tick the box. Maybe that's it.
0: Yeah. No, no, oh, A
1: bugbear from this week. Um, yeah. How it's, do they it's, a few yeah.
0: Take the box, but actually understand what it is. You tick it. Yeah, exactly. Before you understand it, tick it. it
1: actually does um, roll into like, uh, the next article from databreachtoday.com. Uh, Insider's still a top breach threat. So, um, experience, Michael um, Brulmer. Offers the um, breach forecast from t- for 2016 uh, states that while cyber attacks will continue to menace healthcare and other business sectors next year, organisations can't afford to overlook addressing risks tied to insiders, who are responsible for the most other breaches. So so true. Um, <laughs> obviously, it's basically saying that whilst everyone goes. Cyber intrusions. We want to prevent the um the the the, in-
0: the, getting you know, in. the
1: malware infection. Um, the you need to be looking at your insiders. I mean, the it's saying that whether it's a truly malicious insider, so like you know if Dan is trying to leave to go to a competitor. He wants to like take some information to make himself look good. I'm pretty stupid um, like that. That's going to be uh, obviously to the detriment of the organisation he works for, or um, whether it's just negligence, as we see a lot of the no, it's time, not, it's not just not somebody sending out, well, that's more likely to be me, uh, don't <laughs> don't to send something out that they shouldn't do. Um, 80% of the data breaches worked on in 2015 were caused by employees. I mean, that's huge. Um, yeah. It's just such, and it's uh, something uh, that we don't think about. We, again, we we're talking about like, identity. Yeah. You know, that why that's important is because the malware itself needs to infect and then find the data, have the permissions and then find, find a way the
0: vulnerability. Find the vulnerability. Yeah. Download the relevant thing to exploit it, actually be able to exploit it, actually be able to talk back, get that drop of file mm. and also talk out to the command and control service. I mean that's hard. Yeah. The
1: user has access to the information, has um permissions and yeah. has access out of it. He, he can do whatever he wants. And, to he know, and it could
0: be a bit of a dumbass. So they have the ability to do this stuff accidentally. I mean, sure, we've all sent emails where we've in- gone, oh, crap, and hit the recall button. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's great in, in a sense because it means that it's it's almost a low-hanging fruit. I always talk about closing that gap Where for security. Is you can never slam the door completely shut. You can certainly shut it a bit more each time. I and, love it. And Shutting it 80% of the way is... Would be great. I just think that you've got to understand that whilst we
1: want our users to be really dynamic, y- there's some so much mi- so much stuff that you can say. Well, okay, well, why would it? Well, why would anyone legitimately be doing that? I mean, you, even if it was just like don't send emails to .ru, <laughs> or yeah, don't put stuff on or Dropbox. Just being aware of who your competitors are, yeah, as well. that kind of stuff. So know. easy if you said. Why are you sending emails to competitors?
0: Good question. Why, is, why are you sending financial style emails to a competitor? Yeah,
1: competitive information. Yeah, know, product information, source code. Why, why it? Yeah, you know, it's it, there's so much. Unless you're sending them viruses, stop it. Have and I'm, and I know that that implementing those policies aren't the easiest, and they're going to take ownership, and they're going to be constantly evolving. However, that's your job. You know, mean? Like that's <laughs> yeah. It's not a set and forget with you know with this type of control. Um, it's going to be someone's job. It's um, so not like oh, I turned on antivirus and I was responsible for uh, making sure that it updated every day and I sent some reports out. Mm. You can't have that that guy anymore. You can have him, but you've got to have somebody who does the business level security policy um, because ultimately, otherwise you'll be. Yeah, you know, sued or you will your reputation will be impacted. You'll be having to create responses that's going to cost you millions of dollars, um, and you know you can't rely on cyber insurance. So it's um it's a really interesting article I think. Um, and there's a whole experienced data breach uh, industry forecast report for 2016. So if you want to you know, download that one, it's you know it's a pretty interesting. Um, Interesting uh, article there. And finally, um, there is an article that was actually sent to us from um, Thomas Ken um, at uh, ctechemail.com um, How to Prevent Amore from ransomware. Um, it's from comparitech.com, comparitech.com. Um, Just, I mean, it's actually a really good article. Um, not just because the guy sent it to so him and give him kudos for reaching out. <laughs> but um, ultimately... The, um, it just goes into uh, a bit about what is ransomware itself and, you know, how it operates. And then, you know, how can you prevent it? We've gone through lots of different pieces on ransomware before, so I don't want to go through them all. Um, but I do think that um, it's just laid out really well um, and talks to you about how what you can do to prevent it, what you can try to do to remove it. Um, and then some of the, like, response kits that you could use, where to get them. Um, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a well-put-together little article um, with a bit of background as to what you're really, really it's dealing It's actually with.
0: quite good for the common layperson. It's one for the uh, sharing around with the employees because it's the sort of stuff about if, you know, if you see an email from someone you don't know, just leave it well alone. Yeah. If it's got a dodgy, if it's got some attachment that you don't recognize and it's you're not really sure who it's from.
1: If you've been sent an invoice from someone you don't know... <laughs> For something you didn't buy, don't open that invoice.
0: No. Please. Speak to security.
1: Um, So that's a good article, and I will put that on the website. Anyway, uh, that is all we've got time for today, but thank you very much for listening. If you have any articles, please send them to contact us at securitysowhat.com, or reach out to us on Twitter at securitysowhat, and um, have a great day, and hopefully we'll speak to you soon.
0: Have a good one.
1: not around.